welcome back to the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I would like to welcome you back to Season 5, Episode 3. Well, today we have a real treat. We've got an interview today that I have been wanting to have for the last year. I finally was able to track down the woman who I interviewed today, and she agreed very graciously to be on our show. Now, her name is Tammy. She operates one of the most fantastic Italian property websites and Instagram accounts. She has a weekly mailing list that she sends out with brand new property listings. I have been watching her Instagram account and receiving her newsletter for quite some time now, soon after I moved to Italy. It was during the pandemic. We weren't able to go look at properties in person, but I discovered cheap Italian dream homes. And Tammy, who we're just going to use her first name, by the way, I haven't forgotten her last name, but we're just going to use her first name in this interview because she really likes to be a behind the scenes person. And she's kind of a private person, which is why I was so grateful that she agreed to share her story with us and to talk to us today about Italian real estate. I know that's something that's on my mind a lot lately. And of course, if you're thinking about moving to Italy or dreaming about it, or even just thinking about maybe buying a vacation home here, this is gonna be a very interesting interview today and an interesting conversation. So don't forget, go visit Cheap Italian Dream Homes. That's Tammy's Instagram account. And then there are links there that you can go to find her website. Without giving much more away, I want to just get right into today's interview. And normally I would break a interview that's this length into two parts. But today I just didn't feel like that was the right thing to do. So it's all intact. It might be a little bit of a longer episode today than I normally do. But I just wanted to keep all this in one single episode because I sort of felt like breaking it up would be a disservice and do an injustice to this really great conversation I had with Tammy. So once again, before we get started, go to Cheap Italian Dream Homes on Instagram. You may already follow her, but you just didn't know who you were following. Without further ado, here is my interview with Tammy from Cheap Italian Dream Homes. And afterwards, we're going to have a fantastic segment with Vera. But first, here's my interview with Tammy. Enjoy. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Nathan. Nice to meet you in person. It's so nice to meet you, too. I'm so grateful that you agreed to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's so lovely. So before we get into our really interesting conversation that I just can't wait, I've got so many questions I want to ask you. Before we get into that, I started kind of the silly thing, and the guest gets to choose what we're drinking. Okay. And so what did you choose that we're drinking today? I chose tea. <laughs> that boring. <laughs> it's not boring at all. I feel like it's so appropriate because you're I'm British, Scot- right? Yeah, yeah, I'm British. I'm Scottish, so tea is our thing. But I'm not drinking English or builder's tea. I'm drinking ginger tea, so feel free to go crazy. You know, you've got options. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Okay, well, I, I'm drinking, because I don't have ginger tea in the house, I'm drinking a black tea. That sounds much more traditional and British than than my option. With honey. <laughs> understood the assignment. I also have honey. There you go. There you go. Okay. See, we are on the same page. Okay, here we go. Yeah. 
That's nice. <laughs> now, you don't put milk in yours. Uh, the ginger, no. But if I'm having a tea, I if I'm having like a builder's tea, as we call it, I have a tea bag and a bit of milk and two sugars, which is really bad. But I don't drink it that often. But my parents, it's literally like the things that they drink several times every day. So it's a big thing in Britain. I don't know if it's as big in other places. I don't think anybody does it as religiously and as well as the British. I think it's the milk part that's a bit weird because, you know, you know, in Asia, they have like lots of teas, but green tea, you don't put milk in that and things because you want to really taste the flavor of the leaves. We were like, no, we'll just throw in the milk and the sugar. And yeah, but it's good for you. I think it's too. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's very good for you. (laughs) It's probably better for you than coffee. And yeah, it's something milk and tea is something I haven't I haven't gotten into the milk and tea yet. But now you said you're Scottish. Yeah. So is it offensive to call a Scottish person British? Uh, No, The, the way I see it. I'm Scottish and then I'm British and then I'm European and then I'm, you know, so I don't take offense. But if you called a Scottish person English, they might get a little bit offended. I mean, I don't I don't bother. Italians do that a lot. When you speak English and you're from Britain, say Inglese. You're always English. Right. Um, because you speak English. So British, no, but it depends on how much they want independence, I guess. Because <laughs> that's right. the whole issue in Scotland. There's a thing they want to, a lot of them want to rejoin like Europe, the the EU. Yeah, well, we never wanted to leave in the first place. We, when we'd had the vote, Scotland voted to stay, but there's only about 6 million people in Scotland and there's 60 million in England. So even if all of us vote one way, we don't choose, which is also why people want independence because they say, you know, we we can all vote in a certain way, but we're we if everyone in England votes another way, they decide for us. So that's one of the arguments. But yeah, we never wanted to leave the EU. And during the, the independence referendum, they said if you have independence, you'll be out the EU, but stay in with England and you'll stay in the EU. And then they took us out anyway. So it's a little bit of a bone of contention. That's probably changed your life quite a bit, hasn't it? Well, it did. I'm not going to lie. When when the vote came through, I had a weekend of like a bit of depression. I know that sounds melodramatic, but I felt really sad because I did Erasmus in Bologna. Um, I studied Italian. I'm a trans Italian translator. So like so much of my life, I have so many friends in Italy. Like I spend a lot of, I go back and forth a lot. Um, and I just felt suddenly like cut off and it was, it wasn't, nice at all um but I'm quite lucky in that my grandparents are Irish so I managed to get an Irish passport so I'm an European citizen also again so I managed oh. to get rid of that but yeah How it was, lucky. yeah I was very very lucky not everybody has that option you know it's one thing when you vote for a politician like who's going to be the, the the president or the prime minister or whatever you know you're stuck with them for a few years and then it's yeah yeah no matter how bad it is but if you're making like if a law is being passed it's going to affect your life for maybe the rest of your life yeah and it's something so major i i completely understand i, I don't i haven't heard a person yet who thought it was a good idea, and even people that I that I've talked to that thought it was a good idea have decided it's not a good idea. Yeah, and that's the really sad thing because 
I think a lot of people voted in England because they they were they were told all oh, that money that goes to the EU is going to come back and it's going to go into our our national health system. It's going those jobs the, the jobs are going to go back to people and a lot of people who voted probably voted because they're working really hard in badly paid jobs and they're still not able to like make ends meet or support their families and it's just heartbreaking because things haven't changed for them they've just gotten worse price you know now we have when we port things from europe i mean the last week there um supermarkets were rationing vegetables because we didn't have enough because um of bad weather and um you know not paying the farmers enough and things like that and you know you just I just think about these people who were really struggling and they voted because they wanted a change for the better and things have just gotten worse for them and on the European side you know I said as I said I did the Erasmus program when I was at university so I got the chance to live in Europe for a year do an exchange via um, my university and it was basically free because you basically just swap places with the students so they pay their fees in their country you pay your fees in your country and you go and I got to meet I now I have friends like all over Europe it opened my eyes to like so many things that things can be different in different places and now that's going to be a lot harder for people in Britain and people who want to come to Britain to learn English and you know there's huge ramifications and there doesn't seem to be many positives at the moment um so yeah, that's really sad. That's really, really mm. sad. We've got a lot of listeners that are listening from not just Scotland, but also all over Great Britain and Ireland. And I know that a lot of them are probably going to be agreeing, nodding their heads in agreement with you because it just seems like a very unfortunate thing. And yeah, and those who just wanted a better life, like you're saying, they got sold kind of a bill of goods that kind of got the wool pulled over their eyes Oy. yeah yeah well you know what maybe it's not forever maybe it'll get turned around there's always a possibility no I don't know I don't know I think you know they're trying to disentangle and then then you want do you want to re-entangle and it's just proving extremely extremely difficult um things always change. So you, you, we might come up with better agreements or whatever, but just frustrating because we had a really sweet deal before, <laughs> you know, compared yeah. to other European countries, we had our own currency and we still, you know, they, they talked about control of borders, but when you come into the UK, you, you always go through a border. It's not like on continental Europe where you can just drive from one country to the next without being checked. So a lot of the things they say, you know, they wanted, we had, um, and then we've we've had great problems finding people to cover, you know, hospitality positions because a lot of them were European or even, you know, harvesting the food in the fields because, you know, your, your average Brit has never done that and they're not fast enough and they don't want to do it. They don't want to get up <laughs> at five in the morning and go out in the cold and they can't pick enough whatever. And so farmers are saying like their produce is going bad in the fields. I mean, it's just insane. To oh like think God. of all the ramifications, um, but that's probably why, like all these cult, these social changes that we're seeing, and the, these huge divides. I think a lot of that also has spurred on people looking for something different, something better, and probably also why Italy is becoming so, um, so popular with people looking to buy a second home or even move in a lot of instances. 
because they're attracted by you know the good food, the good weather, um, la dolce vita, the the slower pace of life, which you know that exists. Yes, especially if you're on holiday. But if you actually live here, there's lots of other problems. If there's lots of uh, there's lots of other problems, which I'm sure you'll be aware of in terms of bureaucracy and stuff. But a lot of that stuff is true. You know, the food is great. It, you know, and if you live in the South, you've probably got like three neighbours that are just randomly giving you food every day and you don't have to pay for it. They just open your door and you find a bag of like fruit and then you go to the supermarket and it's in like a little plastic, you know, pot and you think that's so sad. You know, I had it from like farm to door and now I'm buying like five tomatoes in a plastic case and they don't taste of anything, you know? Um, so I, I love that. I, that's the, I'm, I love Italy, but I'm, quite um got a soft spot for the south because a lot of my friends are from the south and um yeah I love that I love that part oh like my 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 aunt's got this and my uncle has this and my friend has this and there's too many and so you just swap and it's great it really is great I I've gotten a little taste of that and I have to say that there is definitely a difference between the south the southern part of Italy and the northern part of Italy. It's kind of like two different worlds. And there are really good sides to both areas, I think. You yeah. know, there, there are lovely things about both. So where are you living in Scotland? When you're in Scotland, where do you live? Um, Edinburgh. I'm in the capital. You're in Edinburgh. Okay. So I happen to really love Scotland. I visited mm-hmm. twice. Uh, the first time I came to Italy, I was 21 and I went to Italy and then all over Europe and I ended up my last spot was Scotland I went all the way up to Inverness and did the whole kind of a loop of the country I was really obsessed with that series of books at the time um Outlander oh okay which was so crazy (laughs) now that I think about it is it a tv show now it's a tv show now yeah it's not the tv show like most tv shows are not really as good as the books yeah well that's a good but anyway i i really love scotland and i love the people from scotland and when i found out that that you were scottish i was (laughs) like oh that's no wonder no wonder i like her she's she's one of the good ones well i hope i try yeah no edinburgh is a beautiful city it's just such a different vibe there Mm. and there's something so blue about the skies in Scotland and so crisp, you know, after one of those rainy, cold days and the, and yeah. the clouds part, and you get that blue sky. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Well, I ha- actually, there's quite a lot of sunshine today, which is weird. It's rare. But you're like, I was just going to say you got lucky to see that blue sky because oftentimes it's gray here. But when the sun does come out, you appreciate it so much more. But I do notice that when I come back to Scotland, that like you'll be above the cloud cover and the plane and it's blue skies. And then as you come down, you just go through the clouds and you lose it. But we do appreciate when there's a bit of sunshine. Um, and yeah, we have, you know, nice fresh air because it's so windy. It's, it's, there's usually quite a lot of wind and it rains enough, which was just something that I've come to realize only recently because, you know, when you live here you don't think about it so often but going to Italy and I've been spending a a lot more time recently about half an hour outside of Milan sort of near the lakes and oftentimes you know they're talking about the air quality and the smog and because it hasn't rained and just this thing of wind and rain they actually move 
stuff and they take it out of the air um and I just never thought about it before because in Scotland it's just so it can be really cold and horrible sometimes to go outside but it's also just like cleaning the air constantly um so yeah I've come to appreciate that that too but it's not for everybody it's lovely to come visit but if you're used to living in like a warm country or a place where you have actual summers it might be it might be hard yeah I don't know I mean a lot of Italians are are in Edinburgh Italian is completely not a secret language in Edinburgh because everyone not everyone but a lot of people speak it um so and they love the sunshine and stuff so there must be something above and beyond the weather that pulls people to Edinburgh I think there is because my partner Alessandro he studied he probably did something similar to what you did so he did a transfer he and he lived in Edinburgh and studied there in university for a year he's from southern Italy okay he's from Naples and he loves good weather warm weather I mean Naples come on (laughs) the sea the sunshine the islands I mean it's it's pretty great chaotic but it's gorgeous correct but for some reason in spite of that he loved Edinburgh and he has said of all the places in Europe and Great Britain, he would live in Edinburgh over anywhere else. And I'm just wow. like, really? that says a lot about your city. So, I mean, that's something. And there are other Italians there. That's interesting too. Tons, tons. Wow. I, like, the last three Ubers I've taken, the taxi driver has spoken Italian. <laughs> Even if he's not been Italian because maybe he's spent, he's lived there for like 10 years or whatever. Um, and then yeah, I hear it all the time, walking down the street. Um, yeah, it, there's a lot of Italians here. Good, great. Like, I mean, it's great for me because I love to speak Italian. And Of course. So you speak fluent Italian and you translate English yeah. into Italian or Italian into English? Italian into English. Italian into English. I translate mostly fashion, tourism, um, websites, cosmetic, you know, um, more commercial stuff. Um, that's my that's my jam. And then, you know, letters or general things, but not not books. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. So the woman who is sort of a co-host on my podcast, Vera, she has a weekly segment she is a translator. She's hmm. Italian and she translates English into Italian, Italian into English. So she does a lot of book translations. Hmm. And uh, she's actually from Lake Como area and Milan. She spent a lot of time in that area. And uh, yeah, so it's, I think it's a really amazing thing to be able to do that with a language. I, I can't even begin to imagine <laughs> translating for like for work yeah. <laughs> so I, I find it to be such a struggle I mean you know I'm, I I started learning Italian in my 30s and you know it's not exactly the easiest thing to do yeah god I so, get that yeah I it's mean impressive. thank you thank you for me it felt kind of like I studied it for a long time but I think it's kind of a thing of where when you're learning a language you're sort of pushing a rock up a hill and it's hard and then you get to a point where you almost are going backwards and um, to the point that you no longer have like complete 
mastery of your own language and you don't have complete mastery of Italian, you think, what is going on? But I would say to people, don't stop because that's usually when your brain is sort of like doing all that rewiring and right after you usually see a jump in quality. And then once you've like pushed it to the top of the hill, it just starts rolling down by itself. But to get to that point is difficult. It's difficult. And with translation, you know, when you're learning language, you are trying so hard to um, not not translate whilst you're thinking. You just want to think in Italian or you want to think in English, you know. But then when you start translating, you have to go back and suddenly you have to start doing what you worked so hard not to do. Um, So... Yeah, sometimes it can be, it can be difficult. Sometimes it's easier. It depends on what you're translating. Depends on how you're feeling. Um, but yeah, enjoy it. And I, I've, I've basically been a remote worker since I graduated uni, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> that is so great. Well, thank you for the encouragement. I know that everybody listening to this is also going to find that encouraging because, yeah, the boulder is coming back down on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at that phase. I've, I, I've, been pushing, push I've been pushing and it's coming towards me again. I'm, try, I'm struggling, but it's good to know that on the other side of this sort of short phase is uh, hopefully short phase is uh, is more more comfort. It, it's been getting better slowly, but you must have been speaking Italian for years now. I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 I learned a lot of Italian with my friends. So I would say the thing I struggle with is um, that it allay. And give you know the lay is the the he she form, but it's also the the form that we use to be polite with people we don't know, which doesn't exist in English. And there's all these um, uh, nuances. There's all these nuances of what it means, and you know it's to give respect to somebody. But there's also this thing if if I get if I use that that tense with um with um somebody my own age I could almost be offending them because maybe they think that I think they're older than me and they're not or and so for me um but it's, it's also like a linguistic distancing thing like you're not close enough to me to use you so I am using this to keep you like which I don't feel because it doesn't exist in English you know in English we we may use we might say ma'am or sir or we might be a bit more polite in the weird words we use and less colloquial but we don't have that and sometimes for me it I just slip into the the two the you part and so um but I mean it doesn't really come up that often because when I'm in Italy I'm mostly with my friends or whatever but that is that, that is the the thing that I stumble over because it's not just language there's this whole other thing behind it well you'll know because you're there and it's hard to like understand the right every time almost like you go to the doctor you if it's a professor you're in the pharmacy you're in a store you don't know the person okay fine but um there's these little cultural sort of quirks and nuances that um can be quite hard to like get right if you're not from the place so yeah that's that's putting it mildly yeah, but you, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. That I'm not glad to hear you're struggling, but I'm glad to hear that uh, I'm in fairly good company. As someone who is such an Italian expert like you, you still find certain things. I think that's probably what will always be that. I I've, I used to think I was going to become almost unrecognizably 
you know, like I was going to somehow my, my, like in my mind, I was like, oh, I can just blend and people would maybe never know I was like not Italian. That's never no, going to We're never, we're never going to blend. <laughs> like, Italian, no, like, well, for one, yeah. you're fair. You've got, you've got blue eyes. It looks like blue or green from here. Um, but also just like our, our facial structure are not like you can maybe pass as like German or Dutch or, you know, um, I have had a few comments when I was been speaking Italian and said to me, oh, I didn't realize you weren't Italian because obviously there are outliers. Not all Italians are, are dark skin, you know, and um, dark haired and dark. But I think most of the time it's probably not going to, it's not going to happen. <laughs> why, why aim for that? Like, it's you, great that you're, you yeah, you like it also gets you away with a lot in terms of this linguistic thing because they don't expect you to know everything and they really appreciate that you're trying. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if I use the two, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to look at me badly. They're going to understand that, oh, she's made a mistake if what I'm saying isn't rude. And I, I kind of like that because as a Scottish person, we are quite known for our banter and we, you know, you can be anywhere and we'll, we'll, we'll strike up a conversation with people and so this whole thing of like keeping a distance, like if I'm talking to you, just I'll just talk to you as a friend or whatever. And so I kind of like that it's like my sneaky way in to, you know, create connections because I kind of bypass them. I don't know if I, I don't know if you should put that in. That's like my, my secret sauce. But no, I, I completely get it. I think it's right. I think you're absolutely right. And I kind of, I think that Italians, there's something almost a little bit similar Southern Italians are more are more like Scottish people. Mm, yes. I think. I say this to my friends all the time. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, because I think what you're referring to is the whole north and south divide in Italy and how the, the southern people say the northerners are colder and a bit more um closed off, where the southerners are much more open and, and friendly. And I always say to my friends, um, that that's what they say about Scotland and England, that in Scotland, people are very open and qu quite friendly. And whereas in England, they can be a bit more closed, which these are vast stereotypes, which obviously don't hold water all the time. But um, yeah, I, I feel like a southerner more than a than a northerner. But that might be because most of my closest friends are all from the south. So but I completely get you know the Italian thing of family and and food and because I come from a family where you walk in the house and your mum is asking you have you eaten and and they worry about you and you know we're quite close-knit and you know we've got a family chat and that's a very Italian thing so culturally I get that very um that's just normal to me um so yeah I would definitely say I, I see what you see in terms of like Scottish and Southerners. And although I have friends in the North who are completely like open and and, and, and great friends as well, but um, there is, there's definitely those stereotypes that abound in Italy and maybe in every cliche, there's a little bit of truth. I think so. But I also think that, and maybe tell me if you agree with this, it's more of like the manners and the way that you first interact with a stranger. Because once you get to know whether it's a Northern Italian or a Southern Italian or 
someone from England, someone from Scotland, once you actually get to know them, they're just a human being. It's more just like, how many layers do you have to peel through? Mm. How many layers are, or how many walls are up initially? So I think it's just that initial thing. Yeah. 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 Once, at least with, you know, I, with, if we're speaking about Italians, I find that if you're a friend of a friend, you're, you're instantly in, but if you're a complete stranger, um, it might take a little bit more, but Italians are, are hugely sociable and they really care about their friendship groups. So one of, one of the, the complaints or the negatives I've heard Italians say in the UK is that it's harder to make friends than it is in Italy. Um, whereas in Italy, um, you know, they've got friendship groups that they've had forever and people go, you know, once a week, they will go out for a pizza altogether and, it doesn't, you know, you can just kind of add yourself onto a group if you don't, as long as you have a friend or a friend. And um, I think if for people maybe looking to move or live in Italy, that's a great bonus because people, they are so sociable. So you might might take a while to build up a little bit of rapport, but once you're friends, like your friends. And a lot of my friends I made in my university years and even in, in any country in the States, in the UK, it's so much easier to make friends when you're at university um, or, you, you know, you're in education or you're just younger. And as you get older, people have more responsibilities. And um, so a lot of my friends I made and then I got introduced to their wider groups. So that part, I don't really come up against anymore. Um, but I do see what you're saying that it can be you know from nothing but I do also think that find that Italians really want to learn English so that can also be like a bit of an allure you know you just need one and then you're in (laughs) I agree I've got some really good Italian friends and not not to make it seem like I don't but yeah it's I I understand what you mean we we currently are um up in the Prosecco Valley so near Venice and so that weather you were talking about that same weather pattern that's in Milan I I've got that exact same weather pattern and I look at the weather I look at the like you know my app on my phone that tells me what the what the air quality is like and it's shocking every single time I know because when you see when you think of it I know when you think of Italy, you just think perfectly clean, pure. Like we have this, I think the rest of the world has this view of Italy that it's just pristine. And then all of a sudden you discover that there's this polluted air in Northern Italy that just sort of stagnates and doesn't move all winter long. And even in the fall and the spring. Italy's still quite an industrial um, country. Um, You know, and I think when you look at it from through the tourism lens, you don't see that, but it has a lot of industry. And, it, you know, not maybe like, you know, we're not talking Silicon Valley sort of, but, you know, all that Italian food, all that produce that makes, like, where do you think that comes from? It comes from all these these factories and they, they have, a you know, a lot more industry than I think Scotland has. I mean, the whole problem with Brexit was, England and London had become like the financial center of financial services and then we're losing all of that because we don't have all this industry anymore we're, but Italy still does and so in the north because there there's like valleys and the mountains sort of block the air and um, you're not always getting that like airflow to sort of disperse it yeah so that is a downside of the north sometimes so just go south <laughs> <laughs> yes 
that's exactly no, I mean, that's exactly what we're doing. The lakes are beautiful. The not the, the Alps are beautiful. Um, nothing's perfect, but they're working on it, and we just have to hope that things will change yeah. soon. Because it, like you say, Italy is gorgeous. It has everything. It has mountains. It has the sea. It has countryside. It has islands. It has you know Alps. It has hills. It's just it has everything, and um, this is just a small. Yeah, important negative because you know air quality is huge, and um, the air we breathe is is important. But um, it's probably worth being annoyed. But I don't want to like put a negative light for people. We won't focus on that. I don't, don't, don't want. I don't want to like speak badly about <laughs> my beloved Italy. But I, do also, well, I also don't want to sell anybody up the river. You know what I mean? Like I want people to know what they're getting into. Like you got to yeah. take it. In. Absolutely. Well, thank you for le- letting me sort of just get to know you a little bit. The way that I discovered you in the first place, Tammy, was I, well, I discovered you quite a while ago and I didn't know I had discovered you because you're very inconspicuous. There's no real, Tammy is not the face of what I found. I found this amazing site called Cheap Italian Dream Homes. So I found this Instagram site. I found it during the pandemic and, you know, we couldn't look at properties. I'm currently still searching for a farm. I grew up on a farm in California. And so, yeah, so that's in my blood, right? I I grew up, my family grow walnuts and almonds and grapes and everything. And so I I can't really get away from that. And Italy is like a perfect place to have a farm, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean... So I discovered this thanks to, I guess, the algorithm or whatever. I obviously had interests in Italy. And so your site, Cheap Italian Dream Homes, popped up and I immediately started following you. And I was just, every single time one of your posts pop up, I just, I check it out. And I'm just like, first of all, who is doing this? Who is behind this? Where is this coming from? These these are so beautiful. The pictures are so beautiful. The prices that you find, uh, these prices of your properties are just insane. They don't even seem like they're right. I know Italy is kind of known for having pretty reasonably priced properties. I mean, that's a thing. But somehow you figured out some sort of a magic secret sauce where you have discovered houses that look like they should be you know, a million dollars, and they would be in a lot of places if they were just, you know, transported to a different location. But you have found these properties that are like about hundred thousand or less. Isn't that kind of your approximate range? Yeah. yeah. I just I've got so many questions about what you do, how you got into it. So let's start with we already know that you w- went to Italy for the first time during university. Yeah. Take me from that first visit to Italy and fast forward to where we are when, I guess, when you decided, where did the idea come from? How did you decide to start the site to tell me about cheap Italian dream homes? And by the way, you better, whoever's listening to this, if you're listening to this podcast, I know you can check out social media and Instagram while you're listening. So just <laughs> go immediately over to Cheap Italian Dream Homes and follow 
because Tammy posts at least at least multiple times a week, if not daily. Yeah, I try for daily, but generally at least five times a week. Yeah. The first time I ever went to Italy, I was about 21. I went to visit a friend who was doing Erasmus, which is a, which is a European exchange program in Bologna. And it was the first time I'd gone to Italy and it was just beautiful and, you know, loved it. And then fast forward a few years, I went to university and I decided to study Italian along with some other things. And then it came around my year abroad and I chose Bologna as well. Um, and I've always loved property. Um, my, my parents, my dad is a, a, you know, he's always, every house we ever had, we got an old house and he fixed it up and, you know, so I always loved like looking at property. And I even remember when I was doing my year abroad, we would, me and my friends would go for these sort of like hikes around on the, the hills around Bologna and we'd see all these villas and we'd be like Carrie Bradshaw, hello, I live here, you know, and say that when we were, you know, we, we were, we graduated, and we had some money, we were going to come back and buy a house. So there was always like sort of that thing. And as the years went by, I had lots of friends in Italy, kept going back every summer, you know, lived for several months down south in different places. Um, and I always had this idea in the back of my head that I wanted to own my own little place. Like it didn't have to be huge, but you know, a place that you can go to just to relax and wake up in the morning, there's sunshine, and drink a coffee on the balcony and, you know, something simple. It didn't have to be palatial. Fast forward to the pandemic and um, sitting at home in Scotland um, after having made a mad dash from Australia because we were in Australia and they were closing their borders. So it was like, do we stay? Do we? So we left and we came home and um, I don't know if you remember, but during the pandemic, there was like several lockdowns, but they were all kind of staggered depending on what country you were in. And so there was at one point where in Scotland, we were going in the UK, we were going into another lockdown, but it was like getting into spring in Italy. And I was like following my friends and people in, on social media and they were like, you know, out on their balcony in the sunshine and in their gardens. And I just thought, oh my God, I'm in rainy, cold Scotland and my like tiny little apartment and I don't have a balcony that I can, you know. And so it was like an escape for me like you know okay let's you know let's see if we can get a little cheap place someplace and so I just thought why don't I just start posting them you know maybe other people might find like enjoy it or find value um and so I did and people did because I think a lot of people were thinking the same thing you know they were stuck at home or they were stuck in places or they were reevaluating their lives they were reevaluating work-life balance you know what they wanted for themselves for their kids and Italy was you know pretty high up on on their I guess list and so it just went from there at the beginning when I was posting properties I was um putting the link in a link tree but that became quite tedious because if you were you know you were looking for an older property it was pretty far down and stuff so last year I launched a newsletter where basically I send the properties out at the beginning of the week to people and they can just click through and, and get the link and that's um completely free and yeah so that's how it started and it's still going and I'm still looking for my perfect little place because I'm torn between Puglia and Calabria. What an interesting story. And I feel like 
the pandemic had that effect on a lot of us. It clearly had it on you. The effect of, like you said, reevaluating everything, but also it sort of like, you know, when you're at home and you haven't gone grocery shopping recently and you've got a certain limited supply of ingredients in your refrigerator and in your house and you have to sort of manufacture something new that's like almost like make it work. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's, I feel like that's what a lot of us did during the pandemic. And that's clearly what you did. You did something that maybe there had always been in the back of your mind and maybe an idea, but it sort of was the catalyst to get you to do this. And thank goodness that you did, because I know you've helped people find places. I know you have. And I'm really curious to, to hear some stories about people that you know who found a place thanks to your listings. I'm just really curious about something. <laughs> when I look, because I have looked at literally thousands I've been to Puglia, I've been to Calabria, I've been to Lazio, I've been obviously all over Veneto and, and you know, everywhere in between. Like I've been around Italy and I've seen thousands of listings and the photos look like they were taken by a five-year-old. Oh, uh, don't get Sometimes I want to start another page that's like things I found, you know, because... Sometimes I just think, how did you think that was okay? <laughs> you know, like in what world? <laughs> they're so beyond bad. They're so bad that I, every single posting of yours, the the photos are crisp. It looks like they, looks like everything was staged. I mean, it looks like the lighting is perfect. And I'm just like, how does she find these perfect places with these perfect photos and these perfect prices, like at, at, in perfect locations, it's like it's like you have every single listing that you put up. The photos are what sells it because that's obviously what the price, but then also the location and the photos. How, how do you do that? How do you do that with that? What's your trick with the photos? Um, I mean, it is just purely looking at many, many, many hundreds of listings every single week um because there are so many with terrible photos um and that in large part is because Italians Italians generally prefer new builds than old old builds which is good for us expats because um we like old and and my hope with the page is that people who may move or they may use it as a second home but they will they will take care of these beautiful historic homes and they won't just crumble as many, many have. But it, it, when Italians buy a home, they generally go in and they re redo it all. So the photos to an Italian aren't as important because they're probably going to rip it all out and start from scratch. And when Italians do renovations, like they go deep, they go, you know, it's not like maybe I move into a, a new apartment and I put up a new wallpaper and maybe I paint the walls and put in a new bathroom. Like they go in and they rip everything out I mean when you buy in Italy it's not even a given that you'll have the kitchen because that's not considered um a part of the you know you have to you have to decide that you know which in the UK that's not the case the kitchen is part of the home um so that's something to know um and but I will say that there are some estate agents and there are you know they're they're getting they're aware that foreign buyers are having more interest and they understand that actually having good photos is important 
And so, you know, obviously when I'm posting on Instagram, I am looking for ones that also have good photos because Instagram is a photo app. But on the newsletter, sometimes I put in ones that um, maybe the photos aren't great, but then I'll try to sort of explain the, the positives because um, there's lots of great properties with terrible photos as well. But not everyone can see past that. And that's tough. Um, and it's a shame because if you they just made a bit of effort on the seller side to kind of remove the mop from the toilet, as I saw once, you know, it could, you know, or just remove all the old rubbish from whoever, you know, it could make a big difference, but that's a cultural thing. And, you know, you, you kind of need the real estate agent to be telling them that. And sometimes if it's a, an inherited home in a village where you've inherited like three homes, because, um, you know, you've got them from your grannies and people are having less kids. So there's less people to inherit the stuff you might just want to sell it and it's not worth your effort going down there for an extra 5k. So I would say that if you are looking, try and look beyond the photos hard as it is. Um, but yeah, like I definitely try to find good photos. Um, but at the same time, I try to be really honest when I, I give my description of what I think the pros and cons are, because you know, a photo can look great, but like you say, is the location good? What does outside look like? Does it come furnished? Does it not? There's there's a whole series of, of factors you have to take into account, but it's not always easy, like you say, to find listings with great photos. It can be, it can be pretty hard. And sometimes they take pictures of like the most random corners and you're just like, why are you taking a picture of the corner of a kitchen? Like they want to see the kitchen. Why is there no picture of the toilet? You know, like, they'll have you'll have like three pictures of a, a corner and then they'll be missing something crucial and you just think how why explain to me your thought process here I don't understand but yeah it's just it's like literally mind-boggling <laughs> some of these images you're just like and that's the picture you decided to put online right? that's right? what you think is going to sell this property yes Yes. You made you just mentioned a couple things I want to just quickly follow up on. You mentioned a really good point. I never even considered it, that they're thinking that an Italian is going to look at this. And so they're sharing this with what would be relevant to an Italian buyer. But if you do have a nice place, it just nicer photos would just change everything. So it's nice to hear that maybe they're beginning to think outside the box and I would think a real estate agent's job, one of the one of the jobs of an agent would be to get the best photos. So I think some of these photos that are being posted are also for sale by owners. We see a lot of that online. And and that's that's interesting. You, you also mentioned something about the the kitchens in Italy, which was another thing I couldn't believe was even a thing. I was like, well, wait a minute, are you trying what do you mean that the kitchen won't the kitchen doesn't come with the house? Yeah. Like, are you really trying to tell me that this kitchen that's in this house, someone's going to rip this kitchen out? Like, <laughs> No, because they spent a lot of money on it and they want to take it with them, which I know, like, but, it's weird to me. But. but if you're living in a new house, wouldn't you want that kitchen in that new house or a brand new? Uh, that to me was like, what are you Italians? Italians are very, maybe thrifty isn't the right word, but when they do up their homes, they spend a lot of money to make like the best quality, but they, they don't. So in Britain, you know, we still have a thing of like maybe a starter home or a starter apartment and you kind of work yourself up 
But I find with a lot of Italians, like when they buy, generally that they buy the house forever. And before that, they don't buy. So generally that they've put the best finishes they put you know and that's not always the case with the properties I post but when you put in a 30k kitchen and you love that kitchen they want to take it with them and like like you say I would think but maybe the kitchen in the new place is going to be different but sometimes they don't care you know like that's they they paid that money for it and that's that's fair fair enough um and a lot of the older places sometimes they just leave it because the kitchen is so old anyway that you'd be redoing it and sometimes they don't it it really really depends um but that was new to me but apparently in Germany it you know even when you rent an apartment in Germany you don't get the kitchen and you don't even get light fixtures so it's obviously not a just an Italy thing it's it you know it changes from place to place but me being British and you being American for us it's strange yeah, because you're looking at a photo with a kitchen, then you arrive and there's no kitchen, you're going to be a bit miffed. <laughs> well, I mean, our kitchens aren't movable. If you try to rip a kitchen out of a house in the United States and Britain, I would imagine, and Scotland, that you're going to end up with a pile of trash because it's not movable. Like, it's not coming out. Appliances, yeah. maybe, like refrigerators yeah. and, and certain major appliances. I can understand that. But the idea of ripping cabinets off the walls, sinks out of the ground. <laughs> like oh, just it's it's but it's it, it's just another one of those things that you just have to sort of just embrace about Italy. Like you you can't move to another country and then I think point fingers at them and laugh. I think that that's very disrespectful. So it's not a disrespect thing. It's just a sort of like a whoa, I didn't can't even believe that this is a thing. Uh, yeah. obviously I'm choosing to live in Italy and I absolutely love Italy in spite of all of the little idiosyncrasies that Italy has yeah I mean it's just a different thing that's different for us but for an Italian is normal and that's just the way it is um but it's something to be aware of because perhaps you've budgeted and then you you want to come live and you don't even have a kitchen that's a, something important to know but I mean a lot of Italians um, in Britain, who my friends have sort of said to me, like in Britain, we generally, especially in older homes, in our bathrooms, we have two taps, two fat faucets for cold and for hot. We don't have a mixer. And they're like, how do you wash your hands? Like you're going between the hot and the cold. And I thought I'd never thought of it before. I just thought, oh, I don't know. It's just the way it is. And then I went to find out. And it's because like way back when our um, the hot water or one of one of the I think it was the cold water it came from a tank in in the in in your attic and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily uh, you couldn't necessarily drink it and so that is why you didn't want to mix the two or maybe it was the hot water but you couldn't want to mix the two because one of them wasn't clean enough to drink and but nowadays all our water is clean obviously well Scotland has very good water side note but that's where it came from and I'd never thought of it I just accepted it you know or sometimes Italians come here and they say like, oh, but all oh, your even like your the houses, they just have these little gates and they're not locked and you can just walk right up. Because in Italy, everything is gated and there's there's buzzers to get in, all these porti blindate, these um armored doors. Um and I'd I'd never thought of it. I'm like, yeah, it's just a little gate to keep the dog in. And so the, the postman can come in and you know, or or here dogs quite often are off the leash and they're just happily playing with each other in Italy. A lot, most of the time, they're on the leash because they're not very well socialized to be with other dogs. Um, and 
it's just cultural differences that you don't aren't aware of until somebody points out to you because to you it's normal you know but I wouldn't want anybody to get a nasty surprise oh I've bought my dream home it's a gorgeous kitchen walk in it's not there <laughs> oh uh, guess we're eating out <laughs> it's a very good point it's a very good point before we go on how can someone sign up to your newsletter so they can get these wonderful listings sent directly to their inbox uh, so um they can go either to my website which is just cheapitaliandreamhomes.com um or on on instagram there's in the link in bio takes you to a link tree and one of the, one of the top ones is to subscribe to to the newsletter and i often just post it to stories as well every so often so people would just click through and and sign up yeah and then they'll just get through to their every tuesday goes out every tuesday so it's going out tonight and um <laughs> yeah that's 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 how i'm doing it just now seems like the most the easiest way okay cheap italian dreamhomes.com that's the website obviously there's a way there's, there's a prompt there and a place for you to to put your email address and your name so you can receive that or go to the instagram page that we mentioned earlier cheap Italian dream homes on Instagram. And then there's a little link. We sort of rattle this link in bio, link in bio. And I think most people know what link in bio means, but just in case you don't know what a link in the bio means, just means in the bio, the bio is the part of the top of the page right under your name, where it talks about you and who you are. And there's a little, little row of letters that are a link, usually a blue color, and you click on that and that takes you to Linktree, which is this really lovely sort of app that is used to organize links to everything. And I really love that you include in your in that link in your bio all the so many listings. And and do you are all those your current listings, the ones that haven't sold, or just your most recent? So those are the older ones that before I started the newsletter. So a lot of them are really old. I should know they're not my listings. Like I am not the real estate agent here. I'm just curating them, you know, because I started as my passion project when I was looking for my own. Um, so I always provide the links to the actual realtor so that you can contact them and get more information. Um, because obviously I'm not, I'm not doing due diligence and all these properties because well, it would just it would be nice. It would be impossible. So I am. Um, I just give people information and save save them time. And you know they can. A lot of people. A lot. Some people are actively looking, and some people are just wanting to you know have a little bit of escapism once a week. And you know that's that's great too. Um. So the properties that are in the link tree, they're quite old, and I might have to get rid of them soon because they're over a year old now. But I left them up because for the older posts, I want people to be able to go and find them, but they're so old now that many of them probably are no longer any good, you know? Um, so the best place now is, is the newsletter because it's newer. And I do, I have found that I think properties are shifting faster than they did before. So it's more likely that listings are going to, links aren't going to be as, as active as they were before. Although mm -hmm. the Italian the Italian real estate market, it, it can be quite slow. It depends where it is. I think it is it, it is seeing growth, so that is something to take into account. I think you're probably responsible for some of that growth, Tammy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Even though you're not the actual agent, 
I, you've connected so many people to so many places and, and you've helped people to find places. I know you're personally interested in Calabria and Puglia right now, two really great regions. I, I really enjoyed Puglia. I was so devastated to see so many dead olive trees in Puglia. That was like, isn't that the most heartbreaking thing to see? So heartbreaking. I uh, actually got invited by um, someone who had a home um, in Ostuni and she was she was an Italian who'd lived a long time in Germany and she was wanting to come back because she felt the call of her roots and she was working on an amasseria and she took me for a walk around the olive trees and she said that this olive tree is about a thousand years old and it was like gorgeous huge gnarly like the most beautiful thing and she said it might die soon because of this parasite and that just broke my heart that something could have survived for that long and then quite possibly due to human activities we are changing ecosystems and now it's going to die and to think that something survived for thousands of years and in a hundred years of industrialization we've really managed to mess things up quite a bit um that's it's it's beyond heartbreaking yeah, you're absolutely right. That paras- that parasite that was probably brought in on a coffee plant or something, a house plant from South America is what is what they think it was. To get back to what we were saying, you're interested in Puglia and Calabria, and I, I love both of those regions. But where do you think, if you, because fr- you spend so much time with these listings, where do you think, I've got two questions. What's What's the hot spot, maybe one or two, current real hot spots in Italy and what would you say is kind of the areas of Italy that are not on everyone's radar where some really wonderful deals and beautiful properties can be found so I think Puglia has sort of been discovered and in fact property prices are rising there although it's still for what you're getting it's still very affordable for um for many you know ex- expats um but prices are rising so that is something to take into account um and then obviously you have Tuscany which is you know it's often because of like under Tuscan sun and it's often on you know on people's list and it, it is one of the m- more expensive regions but not the most expensive and actually um it's a huge region so people can still find really you know good price pro- affordable property if especially like in the northern part in the Lunigiana and if you're willing to be you know maybe a bit an hour from the coast you can still find um nice properties for, un- for you know for 100k or under so if you- Tuscany was on your list I would say to the people who are listening that don't automatically think that you're priced out of the market because um, if you're willing to be a bit further away from things, um, but still in a wonderful, you know, Tuscan hilltop town, um, you can actually maybe be surprised at what you can get. Um, in that same vein, um, I think people had sort of started looking at Abruzzo, but I would definitely say also consider Lazio and Umbria because they're both central regions. Lazio on the has a coast. Umbria is landlocked, but Umbria is known as the green gem of of Italy. 
and you know it, like it's famous for its truffles and there's Perugia there's um Assisi but it borders like a lot of other regions so it's a brilliant jumping off point if you want to go anywhere in Italy because you're central you're about an hour from Rome and it's two airports and then there's also Perugia um the airport and you know there's in, in Italy the trains are great I mean Italians complain about them but for me where it costs me like the trains are extortionate in the UK in Italy that you can just turn up and buy a regional ticket and it costs you like less than ten dollars to go you know for me that's amazing and so I would say the central regions are really good because you're close to a lot of things but you can find amazing priced properties. Umbria has a lot of hilltop towns, medieval towns, gorgeous, you know, all that old stuff we're looking for. Lazio is the same, um, but let's Lazio also has a coast and then you're close to Rome. Um, Abruzzo apparently had, um, it was one of the most, you know, searched for regions recently, um, um, but it is quite, um, it has mountains and there's a lot of national parks so it might you might be a bit further from the coast and it might be a, take you a bit longer to get there because you're having to sort of like ascend or descend but I think if people are looking if they want a small place and they want that sort of like good weather you know slower time lifestyle central Italy has a lot to offer because um you're quite close to everything and, and in the smaller little towns, you can find beautiful little gems that are just like wanting somebody to love them and keep them, you know, lived in and loved. And um, yeah, I think that's a really great, great area. Um, then, you know, the, all of the south, the weather is, is fantastic. Puglia has amazing beaches, but so does Calabria. And I think Calabria is a, often overlooked it's extremely cheap, extremely cheap. I mean, I just saw, I just um, released a special issue of 50K and under properties and Calabria was the only region where I could find properties with a sea view for under 50K. But we're talking like, it looked like you took two steps and you were, you know, that close. And the water is clean and they have, so you have, you know, it has two sides because Calabria is the toe of the boot. So you've got all this huge long coastline. When you turn around, when you're in the sea and you turn around, you might see sort of like, not mountains, but like tufo, like rock, you know, but the beaches are really small. If you go to the other side, the beaches are like huge. They extend for miles, they're wide. And, you know, the water is just as clean. It's just as good. It's often cheaper, like, you know, where I go in in Calabria at the bar, a beer costs a dollar. Like we would, we were getting rounds and we couldn't get above a five euros. And I was like, are these are these guys like tallying this upright? A dollar for not a dollar, sorry, a euro for a beer. And then we went to Tropea, and on the beach, I paid five euros for a beer. And I was like, I'm being they're stealing from me. <laughs> but you know, this is a five a five times markup. But um. Yeah, so I think I love Calabria, but I, I have a lot of friends there, so I'm definitely biased. Um, and then uh, there's a lot, and people are also very interested in like the Lake District, let's say in Lombardy and um, in Piedmont, you know, the lakes around there. Um, 
which are also very beautiful. And if you're willing not to be like right on the lake, you know, a 20 minute drive, you can also find really affordable stuff. So there's kind of something for everybody, really. You kind of, the hard part is choosing what you, you want. Um, I think. Yeah. Knowing yourself. I think that's a really good idea. Knowing what's going to suit your personality. Do you like things a little bit more on the elegant side? Do you have an intolerance for things moving at a little slower pace and people being a little bit more casual about just about everything, then maybe if you're okay with that, then like you're saying, Calabria, I love that area too. Because it's really long. So if you're in the north of it, you'd still be quite close to Naples, which I'm sure your partner likes. Yes, (laughs) yes. Alessandro Alessandro is very, very pro anything close to Naples. That's that's really good. Thanks for that summary of of all of those different kind of places and and your thoughts on what's happening. And I think that that's I think that's helpful for people to hear because that's the struggle when you're shopping for Italy is everything is so unique in Italy. We we talk about Italy as one big area. We didn't even talk about Sicily just now or Sardinia. Occasionally, you put a, a island listings up as well, don't you? Yeah, 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 for sure. Sicily is also amazingly priced. Um, you know, there's, and again, it's an island, so it has, you know, amazing coastline, has so much history. Um, it's just, you know, filled with, like, everywhere you turn, there's history, you know, there's, and there's all these ruins that you can visit. Um, and then it's very colorful in terms of culture, food, um, and, I think I just saw something recently that said there's been like a 500% increase in expats in Sicily um, drawn by the good weather. I think it gets like 300 days of sunshine per year. That's, I mean, that's a lot, <laughs> you know? So yeah, Sicily is, it's another place that is definitely, but obviously you're on an island. So it's a little bit, you're not on the mainland. So if you wanted to get places, you can still get there. I mean, I did a trip around Sicily a couple of years ago. We drove all the way around for about three weeks. And then we got the ferry from Messina to, to Calabria. And it cost like four euros. I could not believe it. I, four euros to take a ferry. It was insane. And um, and people sometimes do that trip. Like sometimes they work in Sicily and, you know, they go back and forth. So it's completely doable. But like you say, if you want to get somewhere quick, just know if you're a bit further away from the center, you're going to have to factor that in. Now, Sicily has two airports, so I could there could be more actually, but you know, you've got Palermo and you've got Atania, I think, are the two big ones. I, mean, I could be incorrect mm-hmm. on that one. Um, so you can still get where you want to go, but um, generally, like you said, things are a bit slower in the south, blah, blah, so things to take into account. Sardinia is famous for, you know, the, the, the part of it that's super rich, where they all go every summer, in fact, during COVID, um, Italy opened up, you know, opened up again for summer because their economy was going to like, they couldn't stay closed for summer. Like there would be revolts. And um, all the veeps, as they call them in Italian, all the celebrities went to Sardinia and they just like mixed COVID everywhere and they came home and then everybody had it, you know, <laughs> because um, Sardinia in the summer is the place to be. But actually, if you're not, if you're if you're towards sort of like the south or you're a bit more inland, again, you can find really affordable properties. That's the beautiful thing about Italy. As long as you're willing to be a bit flexible, 
um, you can find something in your price point. And to be honest, you to get the most of Italy, I would say you have a car. Having a car is probably it's I it's more ideal because public transport isn't the best. Um, and that is only in big cities. So if you want to like you know go to visit an ag- agroturismo, if you want to go on to the, the to a vineyard, you're going to need a car to get there. Um, so if you have a car and you're you're about half an hour away for things, it becomes less of a problem. You know. So yeah, I would say that. Before we go and and I say goodbye to you, could you share maybe a story or two about somebody that's that shared with you that you actually connected them to a property? Tell me some tell me some stories about about how you were the bridge between somebody oh. and their dream property. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. So I think it was about a year and a half ago now. I one week I did a sort of uh, focus on lakes, the lake, you know, around the lakes. And there was just one property that I posted, and it needed work. It was kind of a bit dated inside, but um, it, it had a quite a lot of space, and and so I posted it. And um, this young couple called Sarbine Jasper, who on Instagram, um, they they go by Homestead Hospitality. Um, they had already purchased a little um property on the lake. And during COVID and, and and they'd done it up and they were staying there and they're originally from New York. And um, I think the plan was to kind of maybe stay on the lake a little bit, but go back and forth. And then I think they loved it so much that they decided actually they didn't want to do that. Um, and they saw this listing that I had posted and it was close to them. So they went to see it and they ended up negotiating. Part, so there was the apartment that I... I posted but below there was another apartment but it was the same family but two different owners and they managed to negotiate and like bring the price down quite a bit and they so they were going to have like the top apartment and then they were going to renovate the bottom for their friends and that's what they did and they've done this like amazing before and after I love seeing their before and afters and now they are offering their services to people who you know want to do the same that they can kind of project manage it because now they've done it a couple of times they've got a team of people and um yeah that was great because I think sometimes people don't tell me until like later on and I think but why don't you tell me right away you know um so that was amazing seeing how and they brought this building you know back to life and they they really like move things about and it's beautiful it's really really beautiful um then there's another couple that um bought in Abruzzo and they're called they go by the handle Villa Felice and they are based I think in Amsterdam but they kind of have they're kind of doing up Abruzzo and uh, yeah they're going back and forth um and they also they sent me a picture of them like outside the house and I and and the picture was really similar to one of the images from the the listing so I like I really I immediately recognized it and I thought, oh, wow, you know, people are actually like finding this helpful and it's, it's you know, turning into to sales. Um, and yeah, I just hope it makes them happy because that's what. You're, you're changing people's lives. Oh, I think that's a bit, this, <laughs> that's this, a bit far. This, this, no, no, it's not. Because anytime you put help someone get into a house that's going to be their forever house or their vacation house, I mean, they're they're building a life there. They're building memories there. You're that's thanks to you. That's that's no small thing. 
Well, I mean, if I can do a, a little part, I'm I'm happy. Like I said, I want these homes to be loved and and taken care of. Um, and you know, for all the things maybe we've talked about, depopulization from the little towns, they're going to the big towns. A lot of these smaller towns are 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 kind of dying a slow death. And so if people can come in that want to be there and, you know, even if it's just a holiday home, but they're they're putting money into the economy during the summer or maybe they start their own businesses or, um, you know, all these things. I think I think that's only a good thing because a lot of the properties I post under the 100K mark, they're not necessarily properties that maybe a lot of Italians want, perhaps because they've already, like I said, already got properties in that area um or you know or they just don't have the money to you know buy buy them but people like us want them you know and will love them you know it'll be or your escape it'll be something you'll really love and I say all the time like houses have souls like in Italian they say anima and sometimes when I see a new build I think senza anima it doesn't have a soul it doesn't have you know and I say it to Italians and they look at me like yeah but the old towns can have all these problems but it has history like it was built for a reason it wasn't just built to you know so you could go to work well everybody always had to work but you know it, it, it houses are representations of history and things that happened and and lives lived and and yeah, that's that's how I see it. So I hope the the houses that I post have anima and people enjoy them. Oh man, do they ever? I I, I seriously, I I'll think that I know exactly where we're going, and then I and I see some of your recent listings, and I'm like, oh, maybe Tuscany is really not such a bad idea after all. You literally make these places look so good and so inviting that it's. It's really amazing. That's so great. Thanks for sharing some stories of people that you've connected with their houses. That's got to be so rewarding. It is. It very much is. Well, before we say goodbye to you, Tammy, and thanks again so much for your generous time, let's just one more time make sure we let everybody know where to follow you. So it's cheapitaliandreamhomes.com. And cheap Italian dream homes on Instagram. Are you on any other social media? Um, I kind of cross posted to, to Facebook, but Instagram is my main, my main place. Perfect. Yeah, I can relate to that. And so I, I think that there are a lot of people that listen to this that are on uh, Facebook. And so on Facebook, it's also just cheap Italian yeah. dream homes on Facebook as well. Okay, fantastic. Well, Tammy, I hope that you'll come back again in the future because I know that this is still kind of the beginning of your journey. I I feel like that this story is still being written and you are still searching for your place. So will you promise to come back when you found your own place in Italy? I will. I will. Maybe we'll even end up being, maybe we'll end up being neighbors in Southern Italy in the future. That would be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, we're looking forward to having you back, Tammy. Thanks again so much. Be sure to visit CheapItalianDreamHomes.com and CheapItalianDreamHomes on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you for having me. I feel like I have a new friend, not only in Edinburgh, Scotland, but also here in Italy. And I just feel so grateful that Tammy agreed to be part of our show and for sharing this time with us. 
Now, what you don't realize, uh, oftentimes when I have these interviews, I have a conversation before our interview just to kind of break the ice of it and maybe to go over a few things prior to our interview. And then sometimes after the interview, we'll also have a little conversation. Tammy and I ended up talking for over three hours. It was the first time we'd ever talked. We talked about so many different things. We talked about personal life. We talked about business. We, we just shared information. And I just really, really appreciate Tammy. She is such an inspiration. And I'm just so glad that she allowed herself out of her comfort zone of being behind the scenes and sharing all this beauty with us and and actually shared her wisdom and her voice and some of her experiences. So once again, Tammy, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I hope that you'll come back and be with us again in a future episode, and I look forward to meeting you in person. All right, well, that brings us to our next segment, La Vera Italia. And today is another very, very interesting segment. Vera always brings something that is educational, interesting, and helps prepare us for life in Italy, or just helps us to understand the culture of Italy better. And today's episode definitely helps us to understand Italians, where they're coming from, and the Italian culture. So, Here is our segment with our amazing Italian expert, Vera Sarzano, La Vera Italia. Ciao, Vera. Welcome back to another segment of La Vera Italia. Ciao, Nathan. Ciao a tutti. Last night, I know you were out having a good time celebrating somebody's birthday. Tell me about that. Yeah, it was my husband's birthday. And so we went out and celebrating and we went to have an aperitivo first where I had a glass of rosé and then we went to a restaurant when they offered us another aperitivo so I had a glass of prosecco of course and then some red wine and you're laughing because I sent you a drunk voice <laughs> tipsy tipsy not drunk I was kind of yeah because we were playing Italian wordle, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But the word was so fun. It was coconut in Italian. How do you say coconut in Italian? You're asking me how to say coconut in Italian? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it cocco? Cocco, cocco. Yeah. <laughs> and if you ever go to the beach in the summer, usually you find a man with two huge baskets filled with water and coconut slices. And he walks up and down the beach shouting, Coco, Coco Bello, Coco Fresco, Signora, compra il Coco, compra il Coco. <laughs> and that's what I sent you last night. Yeah, yeah. Just to be clear, we were playing Wordle. I don't know if anyone else plays Wordle like the New York Times Wordle, but there's... Um, one of our listeners and Vera and I were, I think I've mentioned this before, we're in a group text. We, we play every day the New York Times Wordle and we also discovered that there's an Italian Wordle. So every day we, we tried to do Wordle, which are guessing these five letter words and there's one in English and there's one in Italian. So the one in Italian was Coco. 
Mm-hmm. That was that was hilarious. But it was so interesting because I get this really, really interesting. And if I still had it, I would play it for you guys because you would laugh. But oh, wow. it, it disappeared. It disappeared. So you're safe, Vada. You're safe. <laughs> but um, anyway, I get this really, really hilarious voice memo from Vada last night. And she was laughing so hard. And she was out and I could hear people around her and it was clear that she was having such a good time. And it's, you know, even though Vada and I have become very good friends, I've only ever known Vada in like what I call work mode because, you know, you and I are always just sort of working together. We're, we're, we're also laugh, laughing, talking about life and we're having, you know, good times there, but I'd never heard that version of Vada before. And so made me really happy to hear you out, you know, because you've been kind of under the weather with this surgery and recovering from the surgery. And then of course we had COVID and just all this stuff for so long. It was made me really happy to hear you out having a good time. So you were happy. I was drunk. Thank you. <laughs> I was very happy you were drunk. The only thing I wasn't happy about is that I wasn't there celebrating with you guys. <laughs> Next that time. Would, that would have made it perfect. Next time. Yeah. So you guys both have birthdays in the same month and you're both the same sign. You're both Pisces. Yes, we are. Siamo tutti e due dei pesci. That's so, now I find it interesting. I, I actually find that there are a lot of people that get married or get together that are the same sign. It seems like it works well for people to sometimes be with. My parents are both Capricorns. Oh. And yeah, yeah. My parents, I, my parents are both Aquarius. And when I was, Little, I thought, well, when people ask, what's your zodiac sign? And I was like, well, my parents are Aquarius, both of them. So obviously I'm pesci, you know, because we say fish, pesce is fish. So they were Aquarius. Obviously I had to be fishes. That's what this <laughs> Anyway. How, how interesting. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, and I'm an Aquarius. Are they both in February or January? My mom is January 26th. And my dad is February 10th. Okay. Wow. Yeah. There must be something to that. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time and happy birthday to Luca. All right, Vera. Well, before we get into the main topic of today's segment, do you have an Italian question for me? Mm-hmm. Pronto? Sì, pronto. Ti regalo una macchina del tempo. In quale epoca vai e perché? Okay, can you repeat that again? Ti regalo una macchina del tempo. In quale epoca vai e perché? There's a couple of words I don't recognize, to be honest. Epoca is one of them. Mm-hmm. Epoca is like time, but like era, less than an era and more than time. <laughs> Okay. Can you try one once more and I'll see if I get it on this on this third try. Maybe third time's the charm. Ti regalo una macchina del tempo. In quale epoca vai e perché? Now I got it. Okay, so I think you basically said I'm giving you the gift of a time travel machine and where would you like to go? To what era would you go and why? Yes, that was my question. Wow, now see, that is a very, very 
unique and specific question that I wasn't expecting anything like that, but that's such a good question. Oh man, now I got to think about this because I really do love history and I really love so many different eras in history. Part of me would say that I would like to go back to like the 1960s. That's my favorite recent era, but it's also too similar to what we're already living. So I think I would have to say, I would like to go back to the 16 and 1700s in Italy, because it would be a different, because it would be a different place and it would be a different country and a different time. So everything about the experience would be completely different. And it would be during the time when the world had changed a lot. So it'd be after the Renaissance and, and it would be an interesting time to be in Italy. So let me see if I can say that in Italian. La mia prima idea è 1950 o 60. Però perché il periodo è molto simulare di oggi, io penso la mia epoca preferita è 1600 o 1700 mm-hmm. periodo in Italia. Molto bene. And thank you because you want to move to Italy in every single century. Right. <laughs> I think it'd be so interesting to live in a time where there was horses and carriages everywhere. I know there would be things I would not like. I wouldn't like the fact that I couldn't take the same kind of hot bath or hot shower. But I'm going to ask you the same question, Vera. If you had a if you had a time machine, where would you go and why? I would go late 1800s, beginning of 1900s. I love everything about that time mm-hmm. especially literature when i say everything i mean the books i read and obviously as a noble woman with a nice villa and you know people helping you because life was really hard if you were not noble and rich so <laughs> if i can also pick the kind of life then no doubt end of 1800s beginning of 1900s before world war one of course and the victorian era and then i also read a lot of russian literature from that time and i just really like it a lot but where oh hmm probably and i know i'm italian but i'm saying this paris france paris paris Paris, yes because it's the city of the flaneurs, you know, like those people who wandered around the cities, nothing to do, just exploring and enjoying. Yeah. What a good choice. I can understand that. Yeah, that would be that would be a very special place and time to go back to. People, you look at those videos because that's the earliest, earliest time that you have video taken and the way people are dressed yeah. is incredible. It is. Everyone, not just a couple people, even the poor people. Like the way people are dressed is just incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it t- takes me an hour right now to get dressed in the morning. <laughs> I can just imagine wearing all those petticoats and corsets and whatever. But yeah, it's so beautiful. 
Yeah, once you got out the door and you looked like that, you would probably feel like a million bucks. Mm -hmm. Oh, how interesting. Well, what a great question, Veda. I love that. I think you and I both appreciate history. And so that's a really good question. What is our topic about today, Veda? What are we going to be discussing in your segment today? Well, you know how the other day you texted me because you were having a bad day and I don't know, all sorts of things happen to you all the time. But that day, it was even worse. You had like almost a meltdown and you asked for my help because of a text message, kind of cryptic text message in Italian that you got. It wasn't your fault. Mm -hmm. It was really cryptic. So yeah, it was autocorrect fault. Anyway, when you told me everything that had happened to you and I told you, well, of course this is happening. It's venerdì 17. It's Friday the 17th. And in Italy, it's bad luck. It's Friday the 17th. It's terrible. It's even worse than Friday the 13th for basically the rest of the world. For us, it's the 17th. So that's what we are talking about today. Bad luck. Bad luck. Okay, well, that's going to be a very interesting topic. I know Italians have very, very specific ideas, some interesting superstitions. I'm really interested to hear what you've got to say about this topic. Yeah, Italians are a superstitious lot, definitely. And we have all sorts of superstitions and ways to keep bad luck at bay and all sorts of things. But as I probably mentioned before, we are a tiny country with many, many, many different traditions. And the uh, homeland of superstitions and all these traditions is Naples, the city of Naples and the region of Naples, which is Campania. They have really a lot of traditions there. So probably you have to do another segment with Alessandro or some member of his family and ask him because it's very typical of Naples. What I made for you today is a list of things that bring bad luck and that are commonly known all over Italy. Mm -hmm. So it's, we are not covering the whole topic. It's just a few things. And when I started writing this list, because I take, you know, write down a few notes before our uh, recording session, I was like, okay, let's do like five. And then I was like, no, let's do like seven, eight, 20, five, 50. And I'm like, oh, we really are a superstitious lot, aren't we? Because <laughs> there were so many, it was crazy. So I tried to you know, get it down a notch. Now, I don't know if any of this is also true in the United States, you can tell me, or in any other country your listeners live or are from. Well, let's see. Well, first of all, I know that Friday the 17th, it's Italy only. We don't go with the 13th. I don't know why for us it's the 17th. And in fact, 13 for us, it's a lucky number. It is. Because, well, it was about, I would say 100 years ago already, speaking of time that flies, when we had, we started playing uh, soccer professionally and there was a championship they started right away to have bets on it, right? So there was this thing. It was a major thing until the 90s. Then things changed a little bit with internet and different kind of bets. But still, it was called Las Kedina. Las Kedina. So like the tiny form, something like that. So you had all the matches you had that Sunday. 
and you had to guess which team won or if they uh, ended up on a tie. So it was one for each, you know, for each uh, game, you had one if it was the home team winning, X if it was the uh, a tie, and two if it was the guest team winning. And if you got all of them right, you won a huge prize. And all of them meant guessing 13 matches because it was 26 teams in the Serie A and Serie B. I don't know. Anyway, it was 26 games. So there it is. Hmm. That's why 13, it's a lucky number. And still today, when we say, oh, I fatto 13, you made 13, I fatto 13, it's like saying you hit the jackpot. Okay, I like that because I've always considered 13 a lucky number. That's the, I was born on the 13th and I was actually born on Friday the 13th. I'm sorry to say, (laughs) of course, surprise, surprise. But I'm glad to hear that at least in the country where I live now, it's a it's a lucky number. It is. That's why you chose Italy. That's right. Okay, so Friday 17, not a good day. And there are people really avoiding doing big things on that day. Well, then we get to more common and daily and everyday tiny incidents that you might have, like knocking over or spilling salt. That's bad luck, okay? So that's why uh, traditionally when we are sitting at a table, we don't pass the salt by picking the shaker and giving to the other person, but just moving on the table, like I think it slide so that you have, you know, fewer chances of dropping it and spilling it because it's really bad luck. But if it does happen, if you do spill some salt, don't worry, you take a pinch with your fingers and just throw it behind your left shoulder and since today is raining you get an umbrella right you get out you have your umbrella and oh yeah italians we're crazy for umbrellas we always use them even if it's just a tiny tiny sprinkle and it's not even raining because i don't know our hair our clothes whatever so you get back home and your umbrella is wet never ever open the umbrella indoor to have it dry inside the house. It's bad luck to open an umbrella indoor. So you just shake it outside and then leave it there. That one is an American thing as well. So we must have had you, you must have imported that when all the Italians moved to the United States. Yeah, you have pizza, you have lasagna and you have superstitions. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing is that we never ever put hats on the bed. Hats on a bed. Yeah, that's bad luck. Because back in the past, um, the only yeah people wearing a hat all the time, even when they came into your house, okay, like in, in, inside, were priests and doctors, okay? Everyone else would take their hats off before entering or while entering. While priests and doctors, the only you know, educated people and so on, kept their hats on all the time or longer. And basically you have doctors and priests coming to your house, like inside your house, only when someone was really, really sick or almost dying, right? So that's why it's bad luck because the priest or the doctor would go to the bedroom where the sick person 
was. And at that point, take their hat off and put it on the bed and do whatever they needed to do with the, the sick person. So that's why it's bad luck, because it reminds you of someone sick in the house. So you don't want to have a priest or a doctor's hat in your house because it means illness and sickness. And still today, don't never put that uh, hat on the bed because it's bad luck. That's it. And bad luck is also walking under a ladder, an open ladder. You don't do that. Mm -hmm. So I think this one is more international because I think I've seen this in some movies too. And the reason is just bad luck. And especially for women that are not married yet, if they do that, they will never get married. (laughs) (laughs) Like forever spinsters. So yeah, you don't want to do that. And the same thing happens. So women will never get married if they have uh, their feet sweat. So like after dinner, after lunch, you take a broom and you sweep the floor because there are some breadcrumbs or, you know, we cook a lot. So there's a lot of crumbs. So if someone not on yourself, like you, you are sweeping the floor, but someone else is sweeping the floor and by accident, they just sweep your feet, you'll never get married. And obviously, never get married was considered bad luck. So The worst. The, the worst. worst, of course. <laughs> and then we have the classic breaking a mirror. Breaking a mirror brings seven years of bad luck. So never break a mirror, please. That's really, really. And there's nothing you can do about it. No, once you broke a mirror, you're done. Seven years of bad luck. <laughs> now, then there's all this thing about... You know, when you meet, it's a group of friends. And we talked last week about kisses on cheeks. Hi, hi, how are you doing? But when you're like introducing yourself or your friends to someone, let's say there are four people and they're all shaking hands and meeting for the first time or greeting without the kisses because they're colleagues or things like that. So maybe you have two people shaking hands and the other two. You never want to cross the hands So you just shake the hands of the person in front of you and then you switch position and shake the hands of the other person in front of you so that the four arms don't create a cross. I know you cannot see me, I'm moving my hands. It's not easy to explain, but you just don't want to cross four arms because that's bad luck, of course. Okay, good to know. And then that happens a lot, especially when you're driving, maybe you're, you know, driving even on a autostrada, so our highway, freeways, and you see an empty hearse, you know, those cars for caskets. Yeah. But there's no casket inside, no flowers. It's just empty. That's bad luck. Because you could be the next one in there. <laughs> if it's occupied, I mean, if there's the that person in there then you're fine <laughs> if it's not then it's, it might be for you so it's bad luck but wait a minute just just to be clear on this if you see one or if you pass one it just seeing it it thought that it's all over yeah you see so bad it? luck is happening okay so you're basically helpless if you see if you see an empty casket or if you see an empty hearse you're done Mm -hmm. okay 
Hey, I have a quick question about, you mentioned about the, the, the shaking of hands going across when you're meeting four, when four people meet each other and you're, you're doing this crisscross. Is the same thing also true for when you're doing a toast, like doing a chin-chin with people? Uh, well, but you don't cross. Usually with chin-chin, everyone just uh, raise their glasses in the center of the table or the group. And so you don't get to cross hands. It's just when you're shaking that you need to get closer, but all the glasses form like a smaller circle inside an inner circle inside the other circle. So basically it doesn't happen, but yeah, it would be right block too, probably. You don't okay. want to make a cross. No making of crosses, got it, okay. No. And no, don't see any empty hearsts, got it. And now this is very useful if you come to Italy and you decide to go to the theater and watch a play, maybe some opera, because mm -hmm. it's very fancy and beautiful and you go there and you take your best, I'm talking about mostly women, of course, but why not even men, but you get your best gown or your best tie and it's purple. Yeah, people won't let you in. I don't care if you paid your ticket or whatever, you never ever wear purple in a theater it's bad luck for the actors so <laughs> they're really really scaramantic they don't want you so if they see someone in the audience or just you know in front of the theater trying to get in with a purple dress they get so mad because the whole show is at stake and it's your fault <laughs> so never ever wear purple if you're going to the theater but you're not saying that you seriously won't be let in. That's not true. I don't know. I mean, probably you as foreigners are okay. But if a friend of mine is, you know, acting a play here in town and then go and watch them and wearing purple, they would say, go home and change. Wow. And once again, I don't know why, probably because purple is the color uh, used in churches when someone dies, so for funeral um, drapes in church and so on. So maybe that's the reason. Uh, but yeah. And speaking of theaters, now this is not part of my list because it's actually for good luck, but yeah, just came up. Actors behind the scenes before the. Um, the play or whatever the, the the opera or even dancers if it's a ballet they all gather together and they put all their hands together and they go merda 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 yeah i'm just going with a full translation mm -hmm. it's shit okay got it three times because you want the theater to be full of people right it means your show is successful and back in the past, speaking about the 1700s, people went on a carriage there. And horses, yeah, they don't care. You know, they do their business wherever. So having a lot of excrements in front of the theater meant good luck because it meant that there were a lot of people attending the show. So the actors were calling for more horses, more carriages, so more people in the public. <laughs> okay, good deal. <laughs> and that was it. Okay, back to bad luck. Uh, never ever give a handkerchief 
as a present, like a handkerchief for your nose or even for your um, pocket or even like a scarf handkerchief, but especially the one for your nose, like the fabric handkerchiefs, because they bring tears. It's like hoping that you cry. So never get that as a present. And both my grandmas and also a few aunts and neighbors were very good at embroidering. And I remember when I was little, they made me all these kind and cute handkerchiefs with my initials or things like that. And they asked money. They were like, give me what today would be one cent, two cents, doesn't matter. They could even give me the money and then I would give them back to them. But it was like, otherwise it's bad luck. I cannot give that to you as a present. And I was a four-year-old in kindergarten. Now, of course, we are Italian, so food mm -hmm. is very important. And if you have a loaf of bread, like the famous ciabatta, for example, but a, a, an actual loaf, you never ever put it upside down, not even for a moment. Maybe you just came back from the shop and you just throw it on the table and then put your groceries away. It has to be with the round part on top, obviously, not the other way around, because it's bad luck. So always watch. Now, I didn't know about this until a few months ago, where um, Irene and I, with our Instagram profile, we had a, a live show with a chef, and we had some bruschette, of course. And I said, okay, here's the bread, and I put it down, and they both shouted, no! I'm like, what have I done live on national TV? I mean, on Instagram, but still, what happened here? Because I'm from the North and in the North, we don't have this many loaf of bread, the big ones. We just use panini, so small breads, right? And they don't have an up and down. I mean, they're all, it's kind of different. So I had never heard of this. And they both yelled at me and I was so shocked. I'm like, what did I do? What's going on here? But, you know, the show must go on. So, okay, sorry, flip. So you, bread should never show its bottom to angels. That's what they told me. The bottom of the bread should never be shown to angels. Yeah. <laughs> These are so interesting. I'm just, I'm just absolutely loving this. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait to have you here, to have a nice dinner, a nice celebration, maybe with other people, but never 13 people total at a table. You cannot have lunch or dinner or a party with 13 people sitting around the table. It's bad, bad, bad luck. So now the number 13 just went from being good luck in most situations to bad luck when it comes to people. Because we are switching from sacro to profano, so holy, saint, and really mundane, like the schedina, okay, 13 is good, soccer, bad, and you hit the jackpot. This is something from the Bible, actually. The last time there was a dinner or a supper, I would say, with 13 people, it didn't end well because one of them betrayed the guest of honor, right? So Judas and Jesus. So it was Jesus and the 13. Uh, sorry, the, the, yeah, the apostle. Now I'm getting wrong with all my numbers, but it was 13 people in total. And then Judas did what we all know he did. So 
never ever 13 at a table. And I witnessed that personally, people inviting one more guest, even if nobody liked that person <laughs> so that they were 14 or asking the waiter or whatever at the restaurant to set another placemat or whatever and have 14 chairs around the table, even if the guests were only 13. So that it's not the last supper. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Never heard that one before, but now I get it. Yeah. Try and tell Alessandro when he comes back, why don't we have a big dinner party and you start mentioning we're inviting and you stop at 13 and see his reaction. I'm curious. Well, you know, actually, as you're telling me this, Veda, this is how devious I am. I've, I'm already thinking how fun it would be to wake up really early one morning and spill some salt, dump a salt container over on the table, flip a loaf of bread over, uh, I don't know, have an, un, an open umbrella next to a broken mirror and like uh, have a hat on the bed, have all these things and then hide a camera and watch his reaction when he walks in. Well, Alessandro, no, 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 don't ever do that. He would literally <laughs> die. Poverino. Yeah. And oh my gosh. you're married. So if he has bad luck for 7, 14, 13 years, that's also new. Oh, geez. So don't do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but you have to admit it would be a funny video to watch. Yes, it would. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Especially since he's from Naples and he's probably extra superstitious. Mm -hmm. And then I have a few more things. And I will say this in Italian. Let's see. If, well, well, you cannot understand because it's like a phrase and it's kind of not really Italian. But still. Anno bisesto, anno funesto. Anno bisesto, anno funesto. So basically I'm saying leap year, bad year. Leap year is a bad year. Mm -hmm. So yeah, leap year is bad luck. I don't know. The whole year is not great for anyone. Uh, okay. Well, this is not, a, we're not in a leap year right now. So that's good, fortunately. <laughs> and then we have this one. Né di Venere, né di Marte, non si sposa, né si parte, né si da principio all'arte. So we got our superstitions down to the science of poetry. Could you hear the sound of this? Was I, I did hear it. Yes. Can you translate it for us? Okay. No, well, it's kind of an old Italian and kind of poetic Italian. So nor on Fridays, nor on Tuesdays. You do not get married, you do not leave, like for a long journey, and you don't start a new art, like a new job. So you don't start anything new on Friday and Tuesdays. Okay. And they really tell you that. So they check the kind of like, okay, when are we leaving? And they check. And what day is that? Is Wednesday. And then people will go like, Okay, so then Wednesday's fine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. And then there's people trying to give reasons for that because, you know, 
how days of the week in Italian derive from um, Greek or Roman uh, gods, uh, Greek actually, and, um, and planets also. So we have Martedì derives from Mars, in Italian Marte, and he was the god of war. And Friday is Venere, which in Italian is Venus. So Venere is a woman and you know, women can be tricksters, can be a little bit deceiving. So never trust a woman. Mm -hmm. so, oh my gosh, never trust You know, those things are old. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, never trust a woman. That's what they said. So basically, you never leave, start, or get married on a Tuesday or a Friday. Okay. Good, good deal. That maybe that explains why things go slower in Italy. <laughs> yeah, we do nothing two days a week because of this. And then you have Saturdays and Sundays. So basically, <laughs> we don't all work on to make sense. It's all starting to make sense now. <laughs> And now the funniest, we talked about this before, but yeah, this is the right moment to remind you that you never, ever, ever say buona fortuna, which is good luck because it brings bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you don't say good luck. You don't say buona fortuna, uh, just very few and rare occasions where you can say that, you usually say in bocca al lupo, in the mouth of the wolf. In bocca al lupo, okay. I have one I want to ask you about. This, of course, again, comes from Alessandro. Mm -hmm. So Alessandro moved to New York, and when he moved to New York, he didn't have a driver's license and he just, he could have driven because he had his Italian driver's license and he had an international one, but he, well, first of all, he didn't see the need. He didn't know the area. And so I was always driving him around. So anytime we would go on a road trip or even just to the grocery store anywhere, we, I would be driving and he's sitting in the passenger seat. And I started to notice him doing this thing. And I was like, did I just, you know, you're driving and out of the corner of your eye, you see something you're like, did that just happen? Or did I just make that, did I just make that up? Or did that really just happen? And then I started noticing that it only happened, this thing. And it's kind of strange to talk about, but he would reach down and he would scratch his crutch. And I would be like, is he, just doing like a normal, like kind of adjustment thing or, or is, and, and then I realized he's only doing it when we're driving past cemeteries. <laughs> and I was like, finally, I, finally, like, I was like, what is going on? Like, why do you do that when you pass a cemetery? Ah, perché cemetario. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? So he, to this day, if we drive past a cemetery, he goes, ah, Madonna. <laughs> okay. I swear that was the last bullet point in my uh, notes for today. And then oh, I, I just like, grabbed that from you? No, I, I decided it. to not tell you that because, you know, I just said merda, merda, merda for the theater. And I was like, are really Italians that bad? Yes, we are. Now, 
I told you everything that bring, bring bad luck, right? So spilling the salt and wearing purple and shaking hands and crossing arms and whatever. But what if you do see an empty hearse while you're driving or a cemetery in this case? Alessandra was absolutely right, of course. Or some people even say a group of nuns, it's bad luck. Not one nun, not two, but a group of them, it's bad luck. I know, we are crazy. Anyway, men can, yeah, it's not like an adjustment and it's not scratching you. They really hold them onto their scrotum and you just squeeze it a little bit. Only men, of course, women cannot do that. And yeah, we say mito le palle, so I touch myself the balls, and that <laughs> is to <laughs> chase bad luck away. And also we have the corna, so it's like the horns of an animal or the devil, and it's like your pinky and your index finger are up, all the other fingers are down, and you point these two horns towards the ground, both hands at the same time, like this. And possibly you touch iron. So when in English you knock on wood, we touch iron, toccare ferro, with the corner. So those are all ways, once one of these things happen to, you know, just get away bad luck and keep it away. We also do that when we don't want to jinx things. So we are like, uh, if everything goes well, and then men would touch their balls, because you know you don't want to jinx it, so it is it is not, of course, a polite <laughs> gesture. But yeah, you might see even men very elegant, you know, in their suit with their briefcase. Maybe they are working, they are talking business, you know. And all of a sudden, you see one of them really grabbing on their crotches and do the thing because maybe they're talking about bad luck and they just want to make sure that doesn't happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that you weren't going to share that because you thought it was uh, too indecorous. But I'm glad that I I'm glad I remembered that and I'm glad I brought that up so that we could finally get that item that was on your list. Oh, and obviously all these traditions are old so that why it was only for men. But then times change and I would say even in the past 40 years because yeah, when I was a young girl we did that ladies started to, you know, um, fighting for their rights. So we don't have a scrotum we can squeeze in case of bad luck. So we just squeeze our left breast. <laughs> the left one, because that's where the heart is. And you just squeeze it. <laughs> a boob squeeze. <laughs> left boob. Equal rights. Equal rights. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wow, Vera. That was great. That was that was very entertaining. Thank you for that. I am um, I'm gonna stop saying bona fortuna because I've been saying that to people. So I'm gonna go only to imboca lupo. Yeah. And hopefully, no more salt spills and no more other things. I don't need any more bad luck in my life. Seems like I'm pretty bad at creating my own bad luck. So <laughs> <laughs> now you know what to do, just in case. Well. Very interesting. And I am really, really grateful for you sharing all those tips today. And I, I know that our listeners probably found those very entertaining and interesting too. So 
Wonderful. Thank you, Vera. Gracias. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Thank you, Vera, for another wonderful La Vera Italia segment. I really, really appreciate it, and I learned a lot, as always. Don't forget, if you are looking for an Italian language coach, Vera is the best. She's my personal language coach. I look forward to our one-on-one lessons and our group conversation lessons that we do every week together. As you've probably heard, and as many of you have told me, my language has been slowly improving over the last year, and that's because for the last nine months or so, Vera has been in my life on this podcast and doing Italian language lessons with me, and they have made a huge difference. You get to have Vera until she gets too busy and she's not able to take on any more clients, but as of right now, you still have the opportunity of hiring Vera to be your personal Italian language coach. You can visit her website, kikelanguage.com. You can also find her on Instagram at kikegram and follow her on Instagram. That's another great way to supplement your language learning. She posts every single day, and I always watch her videos and learn stuff from her videos. So you want to, you can visit her website. You can also find her on my website, imovingtoitaly.com. There's a link about learning Italian on one of the pages that links directly to Vera's website. So check her out. And once again, thank you, Vera, for being here with us today. All right, well, that brings us to our surrounding sounds. But before I get into our surrounding sounds, I want to quickly thank our sponsors, Babbel Language and ExpressVPN two products that I can't live without here in Italy. I use them every single day, and I was using them before I ever was sponsored by either of these companies. I will never, ever share anything with you on this podcast or in any other platform that I have that I don't personally believe in. I am not willing to just sell anything to you if I don't personally use it or believe in it. And trust me, I have people asking me to sponsor and to share products, and I'm not interested, and I won't. But these two things I do use and I love. Babbel Language has helped me so much, and the great thing is is it's extremely versatile. You can take Babbel Language with you anywhere. It's amazing. I highly recommend their lifetime membership. You get 50% off or more. Sometimes they offer up to 60% off to our listeners during holidays, and and they're always running different deals. So go to imovingtoitaly.com, click on the links for Babbel Language. I have a lifetime membership. You can save a lot of money and you get to use Babbel language and all of the languages that they offer, which by the way, they have the best language programs because trust me, I've tried them all. Babbel's the best by far. They are a company based in Germany and whatever it is that they've got figured out about languages, they do language learning on an app better than anyone else, better than Duolingo, better than Rosetta Stone, better than Pemsler. So check out imovingtoitaly.com. Follow the links for learning Italian and the links to Babbel language. Sign up for their one year or their one month. Sign up for their yearly, their monthly, or their lifetime. You save the most when you sign up for a lifetime and then you can listen. And then you can learn languages like French, Portuguese, Mandarin, 
Italian, of course, and any other language you want to learn as well. So thank you, Babbel, for sponsoring us. And thank you for offering such a fantastic benefit to our listeners and allowing us to learn languages while saving money. Also, ExpressVPN. I use ExpressVPN every single day. I feel safe using public Wi-Fi. I'm able to sort of trick my phone into thinking it's still back in the United States. It helps me to make free Wi-Fi calls and send text messages. I have a whole thing set up on my phone where I've got two SIM cards in my phone. The VPN helps me so much to be able to switch back and forth from my Italian number and my American number. It's just highly, highly functional, and it really, really makes life in Italy, no matter where you're coming to Italy from, it just makes life better here. Also, all of your streaming services. Now, cellular companies don't want you to know about using VPNs, but if you are moving to Italy or any place in the world, you're going to want a VPN, even if you're just traveling for an extended period of time. I have some of you say, well, I'm, I'm just coming to Italy for three months. Well, then just sign up for a, you know, a shorter package. Now, the, the best deal is their yearly package. You get three months for free when you sign up for a year, so I highly recommend their one-year package. So go to imovingtoitaly.com, follow the links to ExpressVPN, and thank you for sponsoring us and being our very first sponsor on this show. All right, that brings us to our surrounding sounds for today. I had a huge mix-up. I'm going to share it with you in a future episode, but this is a mix-up I had, and it wasn't fortunately my fault, but I thought it was my fault, and I was convinced that I had forgotten an appointment. I had, The night before, Alessandro told me, you know, I, I'm going to need you to help me with some of my family tomorrow. You're going to meet them at this coffee bar and pick them up. And then you're going to, you know, drive one aunt here and you're going to meet them. And this other aunt that nobody, that we don't ever see very often, she's going to be coming to town. She wants to meet you. And so we had this whole thing set up and it was supposed to be for three o'clock the next day. So the next day comes and at 10 o'clock, I start getting all these text messages from the aunt and Alessandra's mom. It turns out that they had switched the appointment without telling me. And I didn't know that. And then Alessandro's mother sent sent Alessandro a message that she intended to send me. So she, at nine o'clock in the morning, sent him a message thinking that she was texting me saying, oh, Nathan, we've we've changed the appointment. Can you please come at 10 o'clock now instead of three o'clock? Is that possible? Well, I never got the message. And so then my phone starts blowing up because everyone's like, where are you? And then his mom realized, oh my gosh, I, I thought I was texting all this. I, I thought I was texting you, but I was actually texting Alessandro. I'm so sorry. So then Alessandro is, of course, asleep because we're, the time difference is that was like three o'clock in the morning in the United States. I couldn't call him and ask him what was going on. And I actually ended up texting Vera. And I was like, Vera, what's, what, what is this message? Because Alessandro's mother had sent me this message that she had, she had dictated into her phone. But the phone had recorded the message so poorly that I couldn't even read it because it, it had completely jumbled her message up in Italian. And I tried to translate it. I tried to read it. I couldn't understand it. Vera couldn't even understand it when I texted her the message. So it was a morning of confusion. I felt so bad because I thought it was my fault. 
This is me meeting Alessandro's mother an hour after all this transpired and went down and I thought I had let the whole family down and forgot, you know, forgotten the appointment and, and didn't know what time it was. Anyway, so this is me meeting Alessandro's mother at a bar, the same bar I was supposed to meet them. We have a macchiato together and we're just having this conversation. She's explaining to me how this whole mistake came together. So see if you can hear what she's saying and explaining to me. So anyway, that's our surrounding sound. Enjoy. I'll be back afterwards to say goodbye. Rossa non la va a prendere, sì. organizzati con Nitan e vedi se la va a prendere. Ah, mi dispiace mamma. Allora al solito sai Anna Maria, se lei non ha un altro giorno non è possibile. Adesso ti sto dicendo, da che mi hanno detto che martedì dovevo uscire la nonna? Eh. La nonna adesso esce lunedì alle 10 di mattina. Ah. Quindi mo se mio fratello e la moglie non la vanno a prendere, sì, sì, sì. andiamo noi. Quindi io adesso ho il tempo di parlare con loro. Eh. Io cerco di non farti andare. Sì. Però eh, hai capito come mi sono sì. trovata stamattina? Sì, sì. Alla fine lei tiene la donna delle pulizie. Eh. Prima ha detto fammi sapere che io l'ho chiamata. Ha detto tanto fai tu la stessa cosa. Ora, oh. ora. Però il giorno prima mi ha detto tu lo sai che io martedì, io non mi ricordo mai le giornate di questa rosa. Hai capito? Sì. E quindi mi, mi avvicino a me, uh, ma com'è possibile? Uh, se non è per martedì, vedi per mercoledì mattina. Ho detto, guarda, non comando io. Adesso c'è il posto pubblico, hanno fatto vedere. Ma là c'è tanta gente che parla per i cazzi suoi. Eh, sì. E c'è chi dice, mi ha rubato un sacco di scherzi. <ride> ha detto, vai oh, d'accordo con mia mamma. <ride> Solo che mia mamma scherzi, il Veneto non è che non sente tanto. Eh, sì. Quindi c'è chi è, è un po' seduto. Allora ha detto, ah ma lei cammina, ho detto sì, cammino, va, ha detto, ah, allora è un problema, perché là sono tutti seduti, chi ha uh, col bastone, sì, poi c'è la porta col codice, sì. mi ha dato il foglio, uh-huh. e quindi quando andiamo su per prenderla, dobbiamo stare attenti a non far uscire quelli che stanno là. Eh. Un letto, una stanza qua, un'altra stanza in un corridoio. Capito? Eh? Allora, però io, dai. No. Eh? No. Oh, oh sì, so, sì. No, no, sì. Insieme, vero? Macchiato. Macchiato. Sì. Allora, un macchiato. Però <ride> sì, vabbè, io pensavo che tu stessi dormendo. No, no, no. No, io alzo alle 7. E ma non dove stavi che io Could you understand what Alessandro's mother was saying to me? Did you did you pick up on her explaining the situation to me? Anyway, just another one of those crazy things. And oof, I'm, I was so stressed out, but I'm so glad 
that it wasn't actually my fault and that I'm not as big of a mess as I normally am in these situations. I always just assume everything's my fault because I'm the one who usually messes things up. So thank goodness this time it was not me messing things up. Uh, Well, thank you so much for being back here today. Thank you to Tammy for being here and sharing that fantastic interview today. Thank you to Vera for being here and sharing her wonderful topic today in La Vera, Italia. Thank you to you for coming back and being here with us today. If you haven't had a chance to leave a five-star review on the podcast, whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify or Audible or any other platform where you're allowed to leave a review, Please leave five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. It helps so much to tell that platform and other listeners that this is a podcast worth listening to. If you've already left a review, thank you so much. And if you're doing it right now, thank you. I am so grateful. Thanks again for coming back today and sharing this episode with me. Wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice today, I hope you are healthy and well, and I look forward to being back here with you next week for another episode. So until then, take care, God bless, ciao, ciao, ciao.